This episode of Get In The Game podcast is presented by the Sports Spectrum Magazine. Stories and articles on the intersection of sports and faith that you won't find anywhere else. I love this magazine, and I highly recommend you all subscribe and get your copy today. We keep our subscriptions affordable for everyone, and it makes a great gift, particularly for the kids. Subscribe today at sportspectrum.com and click the magazine icon at the top of the page. Get your subscription now at sportspectrum.com. You won't regret it. Hello, welcome to Get in the Game Podcast with your host, Scott Langer, former MLB star and current water mission advocate. Oh yeah, and he also happens to be our dad. So let's dive right in. Well, hey, everybody, we're back for another episode of Get In The Game podcast, where we talk about faith and action, what it means to serve others. And I'm really excited about this podcast because I've got not one, not two, but three of the Drew family. The, and we're not talking J.D. Drew. Somebody said that. Oh, you got the Drew brothers, the, bas- the baseball players. No, these are basketball coaches. I got Homer Drew, Scott Drew, and Bryce Drew. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. We welcome J.D. Drew anytime to our family. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is going to be a great, great podcast. Uh, we are not going to run out of things to talk about on this show. Um, and here, by way of an introduction, I want to, I've got a few stats here, and, and you guys correct me if I've got any of this wrong. Homer Drew, 41 years of coaching, sixth mm-hmm. all-time at the time of your retirement in wins collegiately with 640 wins. You coached at Washington State, LSU, Bethel, uh, Indiana University, uh, Valparaiso University, and led Valpo to their first ever Sweet 16 appearance in 1998, of which your son Bryce, who's also on the call, was a player on that team and sunk that amazing shot at the buzzer uh, to win and, uh, and go to the Sweet 16. You've had 10 NIT appearances, seven NCAA tournament appearances, and you were inducted into the College Basketball Hall of Fame in 2019. Homer, it's an honor to have you on the show. Is that all right? Oh, it's a privilege to be with you all. And one thing was Scott was our assistant coach when Bryce hit the shot. So it was all three of us. For that <laughs> That's right. Moment. That's right. Okay. So thank you for reminding me that I'm going to go to Scott next and we're just doing this in, in order of age. So no, no preferential treatment here. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, you uh, took over for your dad at Valpo after he retired, um, and that, and then you moved to Waco in 2003, and where you still serve as the head coach of the Baylor Bears. You led the greatest comeback, perhaps arguably, in co- college basketball history. Uh, you took a program that was in the depths uh, of despair, um, had a, a, a terrible um, issue going on there when you came in. Um, with a couple of players, and and you led them to their first ever um, national championship. You culminated that comeback in 2021. So in less than than 20 years, it's amazing what you have done. Uh, you yourself have 421 wins. Do I have all that right? I'm sure. <laughs> I'm just I'm just thankful you didn't mention the losses. <laughs> no, we're just sticking with wins here. All right, Bryce. You played for your dad at Valpo. Uh, after you played uh, your senior year in 1998, that that um, magic season where y'all went to the Sweet 16, uh, you were a first-round draft pick in the NBA, went on to play 
um, six years in the NBA, and then you went on to coach after that at Valparaiso, and then Vanderbilt, and now you're leading uh, the Grand Canyon University team. And uh, you just took them to their first ever Western Athletic Conference Championship uh, two years ago, I believe, and you have 229 wins. So that means between the three of you, we have 1,290 wins in college basketball. That's pretty special for a family. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to do, do a lot better. I got to <laughs> get that number up. <laughs> They're way ahead of the pack right now. Well, so that leads me to my first question. What what does the Drew family Thanksgiving dinner look like? Are are you guys is there a little bit of rivalry going on there or are you genuinely each other's biggest fans? Definitely biggest fans. Usually uh Thanksgiving meal, we're at some tournament, Bryce is at some tournament, and wherever it's the nicest place, dad picks. <laughs> 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 what about you homer do you, do you uh kind of talk about these guys like hey you got a long way to go there young pups uh, <laughs> well they're very they're moving very quickly surpassing me which is wonderful uh the the best thing that uh scott that i enjoy is how well scott and bryce do work together now that they're in the coaching profession uh both of them so and and from a, a dad's point of view, one of my special moments is probably like at 11, 12 at night when the three of us are on a three-way just talking basketball. And the nice thing, Scott, I think I'm learning more from them than what, what I give out to them. So, uh, so it's been very special to have both boys into coaching. That's awesome. Bryce, you got anything to say to that? Uh, yeah, he has a lot more to add than what he thinks. Uh you know, sometimes he gives such a basic, like one or two sentence answer, and you're like, "Come on, Dad! Like, like there's got to be more than that." And then you get, <laughs> then you get in the office and you start thinking about it, and be like, "Man, like, like, man, that's right. It's so simple. Like, just do it this way. It'll be so much better." Yeah. Well, y'all have a special relationship, and uh, as you know, I have a special relationship with my dad, and my dad is actually my connection to all three of you because Dad was at Valparaiso when Homer was coach, and uh, Scott, when you were coaching and Bryce, you were playing, got to know all of y'all. And of course I got introduced to you and we've kept up over the years, uh, some of you more than others, but, uh, Scott, you're right up the road there in Waco. And, uh, we, we love coming up and watching the bears and you always take care of us up there. And, uh, my family has become big, big Baylor bears fans because of you. Um, but I, I reached out to dad before this interview and I said, Hey, guess what? I got all three of the, the drew boys on the same call. Uh, what should I ask them? And this is what dad said. He goes, all right, ask him this question. He said, how is it that the three of you got into the same profession? Because he said, Homer, he's got all the charisma and the leadership skills to do anything he wanted. He said, Scott, Scott could have sold ice to Eskimos. I mean, he's just, he's a salesman. And he said, Bryce, you know, you had the NBA career. Uh, you were a successful entrepreneur. Um, you opened up a, a chain of restaurants, but then you all got into basketball. So how is it that that happened? Great question. Uh, first of all, uh, tell your dad thanks for the question. Uh, second of all, tell dad that he was a big part of our success at Valparaiso University when, uh, when he and I worked very closely uh, in raising funds to help our basketball program. So uh, thank your, your dad very much. And to have a, a close relationship with him has been a, a great benefit to my life. So the line brings are good. Plus, Scott Linebrink, 
I remember when you were a young pup and <laughs> Bryce and I came and watched you pitch in New Orleans and, and fell in love with you and your effort and commitment uh, to baseball and then followed you throughout your pro career and in, in, in uh, uh, the, the wonderful world of, of baseball. And, and I, your dad and I have constant talks about baseball because I'm a diehard St. Louis Cardinal fan. And of course he's from that state of Texas. So his loyalty um, is down there. Uh, but but please reach out and thank Dad very very much. Let me just share a quick thought, and I'll let uh, Scott and Bryce take over. Um, growing up, all as a father was that you wanted them to find something that they enjoyed doing that wouldn't be quote work where they hated to go in and 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 do their job. So uh, I was just happy for them to find something, and it was never planned that, in my opinion or from my point of view, Scott, that they would go into coaching. And so I can remember Scott Drew uh, coming home his senior year from college and, and saying, Dad, we need to talk. And I said, well, sure, because his plans were to go on to law school. And he said that he would like to try coaching. And I said, fine, and only as God can put things together in, in his time timing as we had an opening at Valparaiso University. So I said, well, why don't you try coaching and and then uh, we'll see how that fits for you. And pretty much the same for uh, Bryce when he was through playing uh, NBA basketball. Uh, we had an opening and and he wasn't sure if he was going business or basketball. So we said, well, try it and let's just see how uh, you respond and if you like it. And, and both of them are excellent coaches and they're wonderful with people and and I guess what I love most about what you do in water missions and that is to serve others. And as a dad, just very proud of both uh, Scott and Bryce because they help others grow in the Lord. Amen. Scott, what do you got to add to that? Well, I think one of the biggest compliments a son can ever give his dad is wanting to follow in his footsteps. And uh, uh, my dad, obviously, uh, Bryce and I agree is the best dad in the world. And I'm sure a lot of sons feel the same way about their dads, but the fact that um, I always say actions speak louder than words and that we wanted to follow in the same profession as him is because uh, we really respected and admired uh, what he did, how he did it, how much we looked up to him at the same time uh, as he touched on uh, uh, serving others. I mean, Jesus came to serve, not be served. And uh, there's no no better feeling than when you're helping other people reach goals and dreams and um, having a team work together to achieve something. Uh, and, and God gives us all different talents and abilities. And my dad's right. He, he, he tried to make sure that uh, we had plenty of options. And we want to thank him for the piano lessons, the karate lessons, the guitar <laughs> lessons, and all those things that we just loved. Um, <laughs> but, but, but at the end, end of the day, I know uh, – uh, uh, it's a blessing to be in this profession, and a big part of that is because uh, just what we looked up to my dad. And then he gave us an opportunity also to get started. And uh, from there, uh, one thing we didn't mention is where there's actually the second winningest family in college basketball behind the IBAs. So um, a lot of pressures on Bryce because uh, uh, he's going to have to coach for a long time to make sure we pass them when it's all said and done. <laughs> wow. How many wins is that, Scott? You know? I think they're at 1,600. We're at close to 1,300. 13? So, yeah, y'all yeah. can do it. 
that that or my dad's got to get out of retirement. So we threaten him with that every once in a while. <laughs> when he gives too much advice, we're like, all right, you want to come back? <laughs> Homer, you ever think about coming back? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I tell you what I do miss is the camaraderie in the locker room and, and the practicing. That that was very enjoyable because you enjoyed seeing young people get better coming in as freshmen and then uh insecure and kind of feeling their way around and then their senior year they just run everything and it's just wonderful to see that progression in a young person's life so that's that's the the real enjoyment of coaching for me anyway but in today's world recruiting uh, i can remember my last few years my staff would say coach try to stay on at least for two or three minutes would you please <laughs> when you talk with them. So that was a, a good clue that uh, recruiting was not my strong point. <laughs> yeah. Bryce, how about you? How, talk about your uh, entrance into the coaching career. Uh, you know, I uh, tried some of those business meetings my dad talked about, and um, I think I realized quickly um, that basketball was uh, what I knew best and what I could do best. And so it quickly attracted me right back to the sport and then uh, kind of like uh, my brother's just really good timing. My dad had a spot open um, right when my career was kind of at a fringe where, yeah, I could maybe try one more year overseas or go into coaching. And he had an opening. So an easy decision to uh, to stop playing and um, and dive right into it. And, you know, I think I look back and, and I think of all the coaches I had in my life and I think of all the teachers I had and just the other people that I've known or, you know, even people at, at church that I've met. And it does seem like coaches have such a big impact, you know, especially for an athlete um, during the different phases of your life and the influence they can have. And so, you know, I kind of took a lot of my experiences, you know, some good, some bads, and, and, and tried to wrap it up how I felt as a player and which coaches helped me grow the most. And as I coach, you know, I try to remember those things and, you know, really try to help give, uh, you know, the, the, the young people a really good experience and, um, and just enjoy, you know, um, the growth of, of the college years. Well, Bryce, since you got the microphone, we're going to work with this question in reverse order. Um, I found this quote actually by you um, when I was doing some of my research and it says, uh, we love to help young men develop into godly men and great husbands and hopefully win a, a few championships along the way. But uh, my question in light of that quote is what is the mark of a good coach? Mm. Yeah, you, you know, I think it probably matters who your audience is and who you're who you're um, who you're trying to, um, you know, impress or or, you know, who you're coaching for. I think for all three of us, it's really easy. You know, we want to do things uh, what's right before the Lord. Um, we're so blessed, uh, like Scott said, with this platform to be able to uh, lead young men and, you know, lead great universities. And so, um, you know, I think the influence we have on them and, um, you know, one of one of the, the stories that really impacted me was a little early in my career. We had a Canadian uh, young man, and at the end of the year, one of our coaches um, was uh, was eating with them, and he asked him, "Hey, like, what are you, you going to remember from this year?" And we won like thirty games and and won a championship, had like a great year. And he's like, "Coach, it's like I, I've never seen fathers interact with their their kids how you guys do as a coaching staff." And that was this young man's biggest takeaway from the year, mm -hmm. and uh, it really just impacted me that that you know, how we live our day-to-day -day life and the example we set, you know, could impact him as he becomes a father, you know, one day and lives his life. And so that was a great, just a kind of eye-opener, how observant, you know, 
um, the players or the people in our program are and um, how we need to live our life. Yeah, and you, I don't think I'm going to interject there because I don't think you get that just by you know sharing something in a in a team meeting. I mean, that's something that you live out each day. You, uh, th- those guys are watching you, watching how you interact with them, with your family. I'm sure you have opportunities to bring your kids up to the, the court and be a part of uh, different practices and games. So uh, that's something that that is probably more caught uh, than taught. Yeah, you know, and, and I think um, people ask a lot, you know, what's the difference with how my dad coached, my brother coached, and I coach. And you know, I think we all have different, you know, um, little intricacies that we do. But I think one of the the, the main thing is just the blueprint, you know, um, you know how my dad kind of coached uh, – you know, myself, at least I think Scott incorporates a lot of that blueprint into our programs. And, you know, it, it starts with, um, you know, Jesus and our relationship with God. And, um, and and that's how we make decisions in our program and how we run our programs. I think it's so cool, too, that all three of you uh, are getting to coach or have coached at Christian universities where uh, the gospel is welcome into the into the, the court and the field of play. So, um, very neat that that you get to uh, pursue a passion that you love, but also uh, be able to bring faith into it and, and share that with others. Scott, let me uh, let me go to you next. What to you? What is the mark of a good coach? Well, I think uh, uh, we run a culture of joy, Jesus, others, yourself. Just like Bryce said, uh, uh, we tell our players to play for an audience of one. Um, we try to coach for an audience of one. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, the only game that matters is the game of life, and uh, we're going to all be in heaven, and we want uh, uh, hopefully as many players and people we've interacted with uh, to be up there, and anyone that's not, then then that's going to be the most – that'll be the real loss. So uh, that's first and foremost. Second of all, uh, obviously you don't get to coach long if you don't you don't win and you're not successful. And uh, that's the great thing about uh, being a Christian. Sometimes people think Christians are uh, might be meek or soft. And I mean, Jesus was the toughest person to ever walked this earth. The things he endured for us. So uh, there's grit, there's toughness behind that. And um, we're called to do our best. And First uh, uh, Corinthians nine twenty four is one of my favorite verses. Do you not know in a race all runners run, but only one wins the prize. Running such a way to win the prize and uh we're to give our all each and every day awesome homer give us some wisdom i think we just got <laughs> right there with bryce and scott i think they worded it better than i could do with it just that uh, the impact is based because of what um what jesus said you know i came to serve and not to be served and uh, it's it's the wonderful thing that when you serve people that you get more enjoyment and satisfaction than, than what they get. And that's that's the bottom line. And, and uh, what Scott mentioned, uh, our destination is to be in heaven together with all with everybody. And and finally, I'll make a hole in one and finally get the biggest bass uh, <laughs> in heaven up there. Yeah. Yeah, I know all three of you are fishermen, and we're talking about maybe doing uh, a Linebrink Drew uh, family <laughs> fishing tournament sometime. So I, I look forward to that day out on the lake with y'all. Hey, Scott, um, it's nice to fish in Texas, isn't it? Arizona, they only have desert. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We, 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 we've, been catch, we've been catching them like this uh, over here. So. <laughs> we, tell them what we, we call that bait around here, right, Scott? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> hey, um, isn't there another Drew family that's pretty good at basketball too? Family member? We don't we don't have everybody on this call. 
<laughs> we certainly do. Our daughter, Dana. Yes. Uh, my daughter, their sister. And and she was uh, uh, maybe the most competitive one in the whole family. We would play two on two in the backyard and she was very feisty and very determined. And uh, uh, if she didn't win, she would get upset. She would be very much of a competitor. And she's now uh, uh, at Grand Canyon University in the administrative team and working with the government relations that she's really enjoying. But she's got four of our grandchildren, three are boys and all three of them are, are excelling in basketball. And Uncle Bryce gets the benefit of coaching two of them, and Isaiah and Caleb, and then Luke uh, is a senior in high school this year, and he has been invited to the uh, Top 100 NBA camp uh, coming up at the end of this month. So very proud of what Dane and her family has done as well. And Bryce, what, what has that been like working alongside your sister? I think y'all even coached together at one point, didn't you? Uh, no, I never coached with her. Okay. Um, my dad actually coached with her husband, um, one year of uh, high school, but, uh, it's great. You know, anytime you got, um, um, you know, players on a team that grew up kind of around the profession, I think they understand it different they approach it a little bit differently. And so uh, they're very, uh, team oriented, have a great team perspective. And, um, you know, they're both really good players can shoot the ball and they're both really growing one, six, eight, one, six, five right now. So, um, yeah, so they're, so they're youngs, but their uh, best years are ahead of them. Yeah. And uncle Bryce did a great job. He got them better Christmas gifts. So that's why they're grand. <laughs> Man, that's gotta be tough to figure out which, uh, which brand to, to be sporting at a family reunion. <laughs> All right, Homer, I know that you're proud of your sons. You've already um, talked about that quite a bit here on this call, but um, I'm going to give you a chance to play proud dad. If you could maybe just go uh, to each of your sons and, and talk about uh, what you're proud of them for and, and what each one of them kind of does uniquely. Well, very proud, first of all, that they're both believers in Jesus, and that's the, the most important thing. Second thing is that both of them are very good family. Uh, people. They have uh, wonderful wives who have uh, been the backbone behind all of us, including my wife, Janet. Um, and then the wonderful thing is we have eight grandchildren. So <laughs> thank you, Bryce and Scott, for, for grandchildren, because they are a complete joy. And the wonderful thing is that all the boys in the family know how to go fishing and love to fish. So uh, that has been a, a great en enjoyment that and fishing brought to Bryce and Scott and myself uh, just a wonderful relationship because I can remember when they were like two and three years old when I was living in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, they would go into the bayous with us and we would teach them how to fish uh, a little bit. And to this day, both of them are excellent fishermen and most of all, they enjoy it, uh, Scott Linebrink and and it's been a good common denominator uh, for our family. Uh, so uh, very proud of what they've done professionally, very proud of what they've done in their family and, and just the recreation that, that we all in, enjoy together. Um, so I, I feel very blessed. Uh, let me give you an example about how this world goes around. I'll take fishing. Uh, when they started out fishing in a boat, um, I would put them in the front of the boat so that they could catch the fish so that they would enjoy fishing a little bit. Um, 
And now when we go fishing, they put me in the front of the boat <laughs> so I can catch a fish. So um, I love the circle of life and, and how the two of them have taken care of their dad over this period of time and that we call old age where yeah. <laughs> time just keeps marching on. It seems like. I, I love that Homer. I, I don't think that I really expected it to go. I mean, I, I knew Jesus was going to be at the, at the foremost forefront uh, and then family, but fishing and we never, you never really even got to basketball. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the, in our, in the Drew family, that's a given. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. That's we go good. back to the trumpet lessons, the piano lessons, to give yeah. them choices. Well, let me uh, pose a question to each of you, Scott and Bryce. Um, what What are you proud of about your dad, and and what do you think was uh, one of the big takeaways that you got from him? What did you learn from him? Well, I think for me, uh, it was starting out that that he had a choice when he was coaching at LSU. And back in the day, the NCA didn't have rules on how long you could be gone. And uh, it was like, like 156 nights. Uh, he had hotel receipts for in the last year. And uh, the story was my mom said he came home one night. We thought he was a burglar. And he's like, at that point, I need to, I need to, I need to, I need to uh, uh, change professions. And he being, being in the profession, uh, it's kind of like a minor league baseball player when you finally get your shot at the major leagues and all of a sudden doing an about face and doing a, a, a career change. And for him to to go to a small Christian school, Bethel College, where he could spend more time helping uh, raise us and allowing us to see him and be a part of his life, uh, th that was, that was uh, uh, in the profession now. When you look back, just uh, uh, a, a huge sacrifice um, per se he made um, because he could have been a, a young Division One head coach on the pa path that he was at. And then the, then after that, uh, allowing us to just uh, get into the profession, um, mentoring us. But uh, most of all, uh, it, as we all know, in, in childhood, when, when you're being raised, your parents aren't so smart. And then when you get older, you realize, well, did they learn all this stuff? And uh, just praying for a Christian wife um, and, and making sure that uh, uh, our priorities with, with uh, God, family, and job are in, in line. And, and, and again, that's probably in the coaching profession, the hardest thing, because uh, work can tend to, to move up to number one because you spend so much time uh, with your team and with work and it's endless uh, it being, a, being a college coach. But at the same time, really, the only thing matters is one and two. And that's that's making sure that uh, uh, your relationship with Christ is right and making sure that you're being a good uh, husband and father. And then the team part falls in line because uh, their priorities are right, seeing what you do. That's a great story. Thank you for sharing that, Scott. Bryce, what did you learn from your dad? Um, you know, I got to play with them. I got to coach with them. Um, you know, he's out in Phoenix with us here, so I get to see him, you know, you know, often. And uh, I would say the two biggest things is um, just his energy, um, a daily energy that, you know, is every day. It's not fake. Um, and then the encouragement that he brings, um, you know, he's always got an encouraging word or a positive word or something to up uplift you. And, um, you know, it was really cool, I think, to play for him for four years and work with him. I got to see it every day. So it, was, it wasn't just at home when he came, but. You know, I got to see how he acted every day in those settings. And and those two things, you know, the older the older I get, it's just hard to find people that have consistent energy every day and just that are consistent encouragers. 
And um, those two words just really make me think of him. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you on that. Um, all right. So let's talk about former players. Uh, you guys have had uh, countless mm-hmm. players play for you. Um, hundreds, I, I would imagine, even thousands. Um, can you think, Bryce, you, you shared a wonderful story earlier um, about the impact that your program had on a player. Uh, to Scott, let's ask this question to you. Can you think of of one player who was really impacted by your program for Christ? That that's one of the first things every year we 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 go over uh, um, where spiritually um, we feel our team's at, and uh, at the end of the year, hopefully, uh, um, we've made big in, in, inroads, improvements, and everyone's grown spiritually, and that includes uh, the staff each and every day. Um, but probably the biggest highlight was on the way to uh, a Texas game. We had five of our players uh, baptized um, on the way to the game, and that was that was that was pretty neat. Um, and then and and then uh, we've had a lot of stories of uh, uh, players coming to Christ. And then uh, like one, we we had a player from Canada, Brady Heslip, who. Uh, uh, accepted uh, Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And then we had another player from Canada, um, Kenny Cherry, which he helped lead to Christ. And then Brady even did uh, 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 Bible studies with the Canadian junior team, uh, national team uh, at, at one point. So just seeing uh, a, the 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 young men we coach uh, to see where they're at. And uh, I'm at the stage now where we have a lot of our past players come back with kids and family. And um, when they come back, uh, um, some of them uh, uh, work in the uh, church Sunday school and, uh, and, and might not have never uh, grown up in the church and just seeing uh, where they are now and knowing that uh, uh, we had a small part of being able, obviously uh, God does all the work, but a small part of being able to model and hopefully point people uh, to where um, uh, our direction needs to be. Okay. I want to go back to this baptism on the way to the Texas game. Cause it's only an hour and a half from Waco to Austin. Did you guys just pull over and get baptized in the Brazos river or what that look like? Well, 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 first of all, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, we have two team chaplains, and one of them uh, uh, is an associate pastor at Highland. So uh, he he arranged that we, we made sure that the church was open and the water was warm because you know <laughs> guys are a little softer than they they used to be, you know. <laughs> so so anyway, uh, uh, but it was it was it was amazing. It was uh, just our travel party. We went in, and I think two or three of those players that got baptized were three of them are in the NBA today. Wow, that's incredible. Thanks for yeah. sharing that story. Homer, how about you? Um, it's been a few years since you coached. Do you still stay in touch with players that played for you? Um, try to very much. In fact, uh, uh, Scott Bryce and I are, are trying to work, uh, divide up some of the players when they were at Valparaiso University and call them and, and just visit with them about their time of life right now. And um, on a scale of one to 10, where do you think that you will be to get to heaven? And obviously, if you're 10, you you know that Jesus is the son of God. And if they say, well, I'm eight because I do good works, then you can talk about, well, good works don't get you uh, to heaven and, and quote some of the Bible passages in that. But only through the grace of, of God that we can uh, become Christians and letting the Holy Spirit work within our ourselves to acknowledge that Jesus is the son of God. So um, 
I think that's a, a huge part uh, of it. And, and God has helped me get back involved a little bit with calling some of the former players. So uh, I'm excited about reaching out to them to find out where they are right now. But uh, over the 40 some years of coaching, um, I think we've had something like 86, 87 go into Pro Bowl somewhere around the world, not not into the NBA. Bryce was our well NBA, and we had uh, Ryan Brokoff, uh, who uh, Bryce coached too, went into the NBA. But they played professionally somewhere around the world, and over a hundred and some went into coaching, uh, Scott. And I thought that was really cool because a lot of our managers ended up going into coaching as well. So. You know, each one teaches one, and, and it becomes that multiplication theory about getting people into heaven. That's awesome. Well, man, I got to I gotta think that that's just a great blessing to hear from a longtime coach that is so well-respected. I mean, what, what kind of reaction do you get when you talk to some of these guys for the first time? It's exciting. They're excited about their life, where they are, and then when we talk about God, it it, uh, it gives me a chance now to call them back to find out, you know, where are you now? So it's, it's, a, it's a good preliminary to, to follow up. So cool how you've uh, turned coaching into a discipleship legacy. That is, that's amazing. And that has been helpful by your dad, uh, Mike Linebrink, as well as Steve Cohen, who is part of that Bible study group. Wow, that's great. Um, all right. This question is for any of you. Um, how do you balance being competitive with maintaining a witness for Christ? Next question. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. You, you know, that's a great one. I would say, um, uh, you know, as an athlete, when I was younger, especially in college, I definitely struggled a lot with that, you know, because you want to go out and, and destroy the other person and the opponent. Um, and you kind of have to have that mentality, you know, as a pitcher, too. You get you get kind of that different side of yourself when you when you're on the mound. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I definitely think, you know, when, it, you know, when we step between the lines and for myself, you know, I'm, I'm definitely way more competitive, um, you know, way more ambitious. Um, but but I think as I've gotten older, you know, like Scott kind of said, coaching for an audience of one, you know, um, keep my focus, you know, on the Lord. But like like Scott said, I think the more that I read the Bible, the more I learned you realize just how competitive Jesus was um, and what a warrior he was. And um, if you do play soft or timid or coach that way, that's probably not how he would have done it. And so um, I think just growing in, in knowledge of, of Jesus and how he walked this earth and, and his goal um, and how he accomplished it, you know, has helped me, I think, be more competitive as a, as a player than as a coach. Mm. Yeah, that's a great answer, Bryce. Um, that's, that is tough to keep that balance sometime and <laughs> go out there with that warrior mentality. And, and uh, yeah, I remember hearing that a lot in baseball that, you know, how, how can you be a Christian? You know, I thought Christians were, were supposed to turn the other cheek. Um, I, I didn't think they were supposed to stand up to a fight. Um, but, you know, I, I always said, you know, as a Christian, I, I feel like I have an even greater uh, responsibility and, and motivation to go out there and be a warrior and be a man of God. So that, uh, that, that was helpful sometimes to be able to, to kind of turn that on its end. But also when, um, when anger maybe got a little bit unrighteous, you know, when, when you do let your emotions get the best of you, it was a great opportunity to ask for forgiveness and say, Hey, mm -hmm. I didn't act like a follower of Christ in that situation. And, and would you forgive me? And, uh, and that shows real strength too. And, and a lot of humility. All right. So 
I oh, yeah. calls it, especially yes. when that official messes up on a couple calls, right? Just don't, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, that's right. Man, um, umpires need grace more than anybody. I can remember uh, the quote, sins are many, but mercies are more. And uh, your thoughts about those officials uh, uh, can be devastating. Thank goodness God has the mercy to help us uh, get through those. And both of you two answered the question beautifully about uh, being a, a Christian athlete. Uh, and and the, the greatest thing after the competitiveness is the deep love that God has for each one of us by being going to the cross and suffering the uh, the greatest pain, the greatest suffering that you can imagine, and then conquering death, which is the reason why we believe he is the son of God, because uh, he was resurrected in three days uh, after his, his death and seen by over 500 people, including the disciples and that. So his love for us is a, a way to translate to the players that you play with, to show them a little bit of the love that God has and the forgiveness that he does have for us when we make mistakes. Um, and I think that that love really separates us. Well said. All right, Homer, I'm going to ask you this question, then I'm going to ask one more for, for Scott and Bryce. Um, as you, now that you're retired, you look back on over 40 years of coaching. When you think back to like some of those vivid memories that are just etched into your mind, what, what are some of those memories that, that really stand out for you? <laughs> wow. Um, well, the first one uh, was when I was at Bethel College and we were having practice and and some of the players weren't going real well. Uh, Scott and Bryce and Dana would be kind of running around the gym and doing things. And, and so I got upset with one of our players. And, and I said, Scott, get in for Jerome. And so Scott, who was much younger, obviously, than them, had to go in and, and, and uh, play and, and allow me to be upset at one of our players. So that one. And, and, it, and it was his best player, too. Like, I mean, <laughs> when you're 12 years old and you're replacing his best player, that's really fair, you know? <laughs> but I had to go back and talk to Jerome, and it made him a better player. So it worked out well, but I, I embarrassed my son, so that was not a, a good coaching uh, move on, on dad's part anyway there. <laughs> and, and then, of course, I guess the, the shock that Bryce made because Scott was there – and then the three of us got to all enjoy uh, that that moment uh, as well. And now it's it's great to watch Scott's team play and Bryce's team play and and enjoy their success that they've had. And both of them are superb coaches on the floor and off the floor. And that makes my uh, life very enjoyable uh, as as my senior days move on and on and on. You know, Homer, you mentioned that shot, and that's that's a picture that I've seen dozens of times. And I'm always uh, just struck by the calmness of you standing there with your arms just kind of crossed like this, with this really hopeful look. Um, it's it's a look of confidence too, though. Like you know, hey, I've seen my son sink this shot hundreds of times. I know it's going to happen here again. But I, I've often put myself in that same situation. If my son was right there 
you know, with the chance to win this game on this stage in front of these people, I mean, I'd be a mess. I'd be pulling my hair. I'd be you know, <laughs> jumping up and down. But you've just got such a composed look. <laughs> it was easy from the standpoint that what I felt was that with 2.5 seconds, the players – and there was a – the ball went out of bounds. So um, there was a moment, and the players looked over, and they, and they just said, Pacer. And, and, and all I had to do was say yes. And I felt my job as a coach was over with. I just put them into a position to let great things happen through them. And so why I was peaceful and calm was because – they had learned, you know, I felt very good that they knew exactly what to do without coach being there. And so that's, that was the calmness of it. Now there was a moment about two seconds before that, when uh, Bryce had a wide open three that we thought that was going to be the shot that went in and he missed that. And then there was a scramble and we filed and they went to the free throw line, but it just shows you the, the magnificent of, of our God, because that would have made it nice, but that wouldn't have been anything special. But by putting it when the ball's in the air and the clock goes off and the ball goes in and the win by one point, only God can put that together. Man, that that is a great explanation of what it means to be a coach. I love that, Homer. Uh, just putting it in the hands of, of people and trusting that the work that you've done has equipped them for this moment. And that's that's really what God does for us, right? Amen. Yeah. All right. Last question. Uh, I'd love to hear Scott first, your take, and then Bryce, you, uh, how do you hope to be remembered? So we do that sometimes with the players. Uh, uh, it's not every year, but, uh, uh, we ask them when, when your life's over, how do you want to be remembered? And then we need to live in a way that you can, you can have people say that. And, uh, and I think with all three on the line, uh, the most important thing wouldn't be we were genius X and O's. We worked really hard. I think it would be um, they were godly examples. They cared about instilling uh, uh, Christ with us. They were servants that tried to help us, uh, and they and and they loved us. Uh, obviously, we all sin. We all make mistakes. But uh, if we're a positive influence for the right things, um, then then we've. We'll hopefully hear, well done, good and faithful servants. You've been faithful with a few things. Now come enjoy your master's happiness. Great answer. Bryce? Yeah, you, you know, obviously that, 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 that was the answer. I would say one other thing, um, just kind of add with it, is, um, you know, li living a, 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 a daily Christian walk that others see. And so at the end, they don't talk how many wins, you know, did you have. But, you know, they, they know that our mission was to serve the Lord and, and uh to do our best for him and um you know sometimes that comes through wins sometimes you know um in sports you know you get losses and setbacks and i think those are some of your greatest ministry opportunities to show who you really are and so um you know it's really trying to to uh, keep that balance of, of keeping faith above wins and, and above a uh, profession well guys i really appreciate the time uh this has been a true blessing for me just to catch up with all three of you and just hear some of your insights and wisdom. Um, I pray God's blessing and mercy on your continued discipleship and your coaching careers and just all that you're doing for the kingdom of God. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for all you Thanks. do. Tell dad I said hello, all right? We'll do it. Let's go fishing. Hey, 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 I'm glad, I'm glad it was 7.30 in the morning, their time and not our time too. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you for listening to today's edition of Get In The Game Podcast, part of the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. Check out sportspectrum.com for more content. And while you're there, consider subscribing to our Sports Spectrum magazine. It makes a great gift and is perfect for the sports fan who loves Jesus. You can subscribe today at sportspectrum.com. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on Get In The Game.